Thank you for coming to my very first stage event, um, Live as a Dating Coach. My name is Christopher Lewis. If you guys don't know who I am, I'm a dating coach, and I am also the creator of Dating Intelligence. So thank you. All right, so I'm a little nervous, so just bear with me this first time, but eventually, like 10 years from now, you're gonna see me Tony Robbins' this whole fucking thing and run the shit out of this, all right? So just, just bear with me tonight, so. All right, um, I wanna first start off by giving you guys a little history about myself. I always tell people that, you know, I'm just a guy who knows women and who loves the hell out of them. So I'm a big advocate for women, and I wanna teach guys how to be better for women by letting go of their ego and to learn how to communicate better and to be better listeners. And for women, I want to teach how to read the signs when guys are being idiots, because we're all idiots. Yes, every one of you guys out here, you're all idiots. You know that too, right? You definitely know that. So I'm an idiot as well, but I just want to teach girls how to read the signs when guys are being idiots, and that's something very important to me. One of the two things that I really am trying to work on in this space for myself is to teach women how to get their power back from when, once again, guys are being idiots, and then teach guys how to let go of their ego. Because the biggest thing that guys get in their way are their egos. You know, we can use our ego for confidence. We use our ego to get better at what we're doing, but we don't need our ego to be complete assholes. Just to be honest, right? Okay, so um, with that being said, I'm also gonna give you a little background. So this whole thing started for me. People ask, how am I in the relationship space? I'm a tennis pro, day at heart. That's my day job. But for the most part, I've been in the relationship space ever since I was a little kid. Um, growing up with my mom and two sisters in the house, I learned how to navigate my way with women all the time in that aspect, just because I felt like I tell people I was like Jane Goodall studying monkeys in the wild. You know, I learned everything about you ladies as much as I could. And the best thing I could do is just be present, learn how to read the signs of when you guys are going through ups and your downs, your crazies, your highs, your lows, all that stuff. That's one thing that I navigate really, really well with women. And that's where I'm at with that. As far as everything else, I learned it in the dating space, dating, being single, all that stuff, learning how to just grow as a human being, learning how to grow as a man, and learning how to become the guy I am today, especially for this woman right here sitting in front of me. So, thank you. All right, so the topic tonight that we're gonna discuss, we're gonna jump into this, is called Stay in Your Dating Lane. Now, um, this is one of my favorite topics to share with not only singles, but anyone that's ever been in the dating space, which is pretty much everyone here tonight, I hope, right? You got no like asexual people here this evening? Just curious, okay. All right, so with that being said, I have this metaphor for dating, and it starts like this. Sometimes dating can feel like rush hour on a busy highway. There's too much going on, and you can't decide if you wanna go left or right. Do you pass progressively? Do you continuously change lanes, or do you patiently wait in the lane that you're in already? Either way, the decisions and choices that you make need to be made with confidence and clarity. Otherwise, you're gonna be finding yourself sitting there stuck, watching everyone else pass you by. And that's basically what happens in the dating world. You're either gonna be someone that wants to be out in the dating space, finding that perfect match for you, or you're gonna just be sitting back and no one's gonna know who you are. So we'll talk about a lot about that tonight as well. All right, so now, let's be honest. We all want to be a part of, of something, yes? We all wanna be, we all wanna be in something. That's just, that's just human nature, right? Sometimes, with that desire to connect, we also have to make poor choices on the people that we choose who aren't really a fit for us. So that's what we're gonna discuss tonight. You know, you wanna be able to find someone that's a fit for you because you are actually worth it. You know who you are, you know what you want. And these are things that we'll discuss tonight. Um, now, with that being said, what does it mean to stay in your dating lane? Now, I always say everyone has a range. You know, everyone here has a dating range. You may not know it, but you do. And um, it's, it's what you need to do is find that person that fits that range. 
And with that being said, for an example, like you want someone with similar interests, someone that you're compatible with, someone that you feel like you actually have something in common with. The next thing is that you want to be with someone that where it just feels right. You know, you want someone that makes you feel safe, someone that you trust. These are all things that, you know, you're with that person, you just know that feeling inside. It's the best feeling and you just, that's the person you're looking for. Another thing is that you want to be with someone where you help each other build each other up. Someone that's positive, someone that's, you know, in your corner, someone that wants to see you win. You know, no negativity. We don't want that, you know, that person that's just always bringing you down or feeling like they're just everything that you, when you're winning, they're just pushing you back down. We don't want that. And last but not least, you may not know this, but everybody, you can think about it, think about all your friends. There's always, everyone matches up physically and mentally. Now, if you really think about everyone that you've been with or friends that have mates and things like that, you look at me and go, wow, they really match up. They really match up physically and mentally. Sometimes we veer off the road by creating this fantasy of what we want, or we have this idea of what the perfect partner may be. But in reality, deep down, you know that's not always the case. You know, there's always exceptions to the rules. Like, for instance, like, you know, sometimes the physical doesn't match up, right? You know, you've seen those people like going, damn, they don't match up. You know, it's like, what's going on here? But that's okay, because you, we, what we don't know is they might have other qualities that do match up. And the other example is age. You know, you might see people 10, 15, 20 years apart, but they, they you know, they might, let's hate to say it, a mature guy, not so mature, but they might match up with that girl who's in their 30s that actually matches up with their maturity. So this actually works, but you know, sometimes we see this, it doesn't look like it doesn't match up, but it really does. The next step is, my definition of staying your dating lane is finding someone that's the most compatible for you, who shares similar interests and goals as yourself. Think about that. You wanna be with someone who shares similar goals and interests as yourself. I mean, if someone's like not compatible with you, why are we with them? Okay, so moving forward with that, all right. Now that we figured that all out, before I teach you how to stay in your dating lane, first of all, we need to figure out what type of dater you are. So I hope each and every one of you have taken the quiz so far and figured out what type of dater you are. We're gonna go through this right now, so I'm kinda of curious to see the show of hands with this going on. It's gonna be kinda of fun for me. There you go. Okay, so the first one we're going to discuss tonight, the adventurous dater. How many of you are adventurous daters here? Raise your hands. Okay. Yes. Wow. Okay, so the adventurous dater is someone that's open to finding that potential match. Someone who makes themselves available. Someone who really knows who they are and what they want. Okay, now, the, the good news is also with the potential dater, sorry, the adventurous dater is that any potential match that they're... Um, trying to get with or who they are with, they have little non-negotiables. They don't have too many non-negotiables. That's one of the main things there with this, too. I know you're really buff. I know there's much more than buff, too. That's why we go so much stuff. All right, so the next one. Curious dater. Raise your hands to the curious dater. Oh, this is This is probably one of the bigger ones. So the curious dater is not dead set on finding their potential match but there are making themselves available for that. They're also a little hesitant, and they don't completely trust themselves because of some of the choices that they've made in the past, so they're still trying to figure out who they are. This is the curious data. Uh, all right, the next one, guys, that we have is the cautious data. <laughs> How many cautious data do we have in the room? You're a cautious data, honey. You're too cautious when you met me. 
How many postulators we have? A few? All right, so the postulator now, this is someone who has their own, oh my god, this is so not fit you. This is someone who has their own, who goes into a name with their own set of rules, and they don't trust anyone until they earn their trust. Fits you a little. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> they also have their eyes set on a certain match, and they don't sway too far from that. They're also not too particularly comfortable in their own skin, therefore they take little risks. So don't take any risks, man. You don't need to do that test. Okay, just me who says that too. Now the last one, the laundry day. Do we have any of those? Okay, good, because I'm gonna rip this person off. So the laundry day is someone who's just is not ready to date. This person doesn't really know themselves well enough to figure out even what the perfect match for them is. Although this person might actually be in a relationship, ultimately they're unhappy because they have no idea what they're really looking for, so they probably just go from person to person just kind of like not knowing what they want. That's the wandering dater. All right, so just because you get labeled a certain type of dater doesn't mean that you can't veer off into other lanes. Like for instance, the fast lane, we all know the fast lane on the highway, right? So we're gonna use these terminologies. So the fast lane, where you just wanna kind of just be wild and free. Now there's moments in your life like, fuck it, I'm just gonna do what I wanna do. I see you, I see you, and I see you. That's okay, you do you, I don't care. That's the, this is something that we all need to, in order to figure out who we are in our life, right? So that's the um, fast lane data. Now, then you can travel over to the far, far right lane, which I like to refer to as the granny lane, which, you know, you wanna take things nice and slow. That usually means someone, you know, maybe you're in the friend zone with someone, you're not really sure yet want to be this person, or like, you know, I'm just gonna take my time, that's okay too. And then if you're really feeling naughty, you might just want to swing yourself on over to that two or more person HOV lane and, you know, have some fun with that one. So, I mean, no, no judgment here, right? I mean, I gotta admit, you know, I've dealt with that lane a few times myself, but, uh, So now I'm going to introduce, but in the dating space, we all have this myriad of posers that we got to kind of go through before we find our perfect match, right? So with that being said, I'm going to, I'm going to share with you a list of usual suspects that we all have encountered in our dating career. Daphne, please cue that music up. All right, guys, we're going to get this. I would like some hand clapping, please, just to get this going for me, please. All right. All right. First up in the myriad of poses on the, on the usual suspects list. Thank you, Daphne. All right, the first one we're gonna deal with is the mental patient. Now, you, you guys all laugh because we all know what this means. I know all of us at some point in time have dated some cray-cray person where you think that, you know, one minute they're loving, they're the most 100% love you, the next minute they're gonna turn on a dime and be like, Glenn Close, Fatal Attraction, Boiling Rabbits, you know, in your, in your kitchen. Um, anybody have any stories about this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know you do. Yeah. Okay. We all have something like that, right? All right. And then the next one we have here is basically, I call it Stephen the Narcissist. Basically, which I refer to as the bitch and the asshole. Um, you know, usually if you date a person like this, you usually a pawn at their game where they're trying to control you and everything else around you. 
Eventually they will try to wear you down and you end up losing a part of yourself because you're so being manipulated, you're in this toxic relationship, and it's quite frankly, it's really hard to get out of unless you read the signs early enough to get out. So that's that one. Um, bad boys and bad girls. <laughs> all right, we all want to take a ride on the wild side. I mean, in part of our lives, there's some part of our lives where we just want to see the most dangerous and exciting person in the room. You look across the room, you, we've all seeked it out. Um, but this person, you know, there's, there's never a dull moment. You know, you just want to take a break from your normal life. You know, so we actually end up with one of these at least eventually once in our lifetime and realize, yeah, you know, it's all right. I'm not going to jail for you. Sorry, honey. I'm not doing that. So we just stay away from that one. Okay. The next one, the unavailables. Now I'm going to need some help with this one because like my definition of the unavailables is someone who's just not around. You know, you feel like you're chasing them every single time, trying to make them available for you to go out with this and that, but they just don't really, it's like 100% effort, 0% reward. Does anyone else have another definition for this one? Because um, it's like, I know that we've all seen this. It's just like, it's, it's, this is a hard one because um, you want them to be there. You like this person, you're chasing them, but you also realize that sometimes it becomes a bad habit of chasing people who are unavailable. You know, so think about that one too. I think sometimes it can be just that not making commitment, but they might see you every day and be physically there for you, right. but emotionally unavailable. Thank you for that, Eve. I appreciate that. By the way, this is Eve Marla from Loveworthy. She owns a matchmaking company, and I, I love her to death. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. The next one we have is the rebound. Now, everyone in this audience has been broken up with. Maybe just the handful who haven't. But even if you have not still, we've all been in that place where you're just at this all-time low. You're feeling just down, and all of a sudden, the first person that comes in your face, yes, please. Whatever you say, because they're giving you attention, they desire you, they just make you feel wanted, they're, they're validating you, um, which is what the rebound does. But sometimes, you know, you get caught up in this so much, like I had basically a friend of mine um, dated this girl for about two months after rebound. He met her at this bar, he was broken up for about a month, he said, and ended up going out with this girl that he met at a bar, was really infatuated with her, everything went well. Two months later, he found out that she was on parole. So he ended up breaking up with this woman, and about a week later, she was actually back in jail. God knows what happened, so I'm not, I, I didn't question that. Not my questioning, he just told me the story. So that's, that's sort of the thing. And I always say that, you know what, sometimes you don't even know the person you're with. They could be on the America's Top 10 Most Wanted list, you'd never even know it. Anyone look familiar on there? Anyone? Okay. All right, so the next one, the money heist. It's all about the money. Now, I know a lot of people out here go, yes, I can stay in this lane all day long because it's all about the luxury, it's all about the gifts, it's all about how much this person can give you, but literally, you know, there's nothing else that he has to offer. Now, this person leads with the money and he gives you whatever you want, but ultimately you go broke in the love department. I know it's a fun lane to be in because we all wanna be taken care of, we all wanna go on the streets, we wanna have lavish and fun, things like that. Show me the money, I'll take it all day. But eventually, you know, it's just, it's not worth it, so. All right, and the last one is blinding lights. This is all about the passion, the sex, and the intrigue. All right, let's all take a long pause here. Because <laughs> I can stay in this lane all day long. You know, it's, all, it's like this constant merry-go-round of just, and what you can't get off of, and I'm okay with that. It's like the person's like a drug and you're on this euphoric high the whole time, but eventually you're gonna have to come down because there's not enough substance and there's more than just, you know, sex, passion. Yeah, sex, yeah. Okay, that one as well. Sorry, it's a good lane right here. It's, it's, it's 
try, try for a few months. You won't regret it. It's a lot of fun. Okay. Um, all right. So I know you're all wondering, all right, Chris, you got all the fun stuff. So how do you stay in your dating lane? Now, I know most of you have some sort of checklist or, you know, some idea that of what you think that that perfect person may look like on paper. But in reality, you know, this person, that, that's not always the case because, you know, just because, you know, you have this checklist of things that you might want in a person necessarily isn't the person that you're actually going to end up with. So think about that one, too. Um, so I'm going to suggest a few tips with you guys on, on how to stay in your dating lane. And the first one is, you know, narrow down your checklist. I know most of us have like some checklists out there, but if you really think about it, I want you all just to think about the most important things that you want in a relationship and then narrow down to three things and make those your non-negotiables. Most of the time we just have this huge, massive checklist that rolls to the ground. We have too many non-negotiables that just don't make sense. I mean, me on my dating show, I'm like, it just doesn't make sense, but it's a non-negotiable for some people. Just put your basic things that you feel like you want from a person and you'd be surprised. I mean, with this huge checklist and non-negotiable list, you're literally eliminating 80% of people that you meet every day, if you really think about it. And that one person that you, that you wrote off could actually be a potential mate for you just because you were just sticking by your checklist. So narrow it down to the top three things that you feel are most important to you. The next one, do a reality check. All right, for this one, I would love for everyone to close their eyes. Take a minute, keep them closed. I see open fam, why don't you close your eyes? I'll cut you, by the way. Okay, now, take a moment and I want you to visualize who you are and what you want for your life. Really think about that. Who you are and what you really want for your life. Sometimes people create this visual of things that they want in their lives, or sometimes people have this visual of things that they want in their lives, so they actually find a person that fit the criteria to make it happen. When in reality, that person might not even measure up to who you really are and what you really want. So really think about who you are and what you want. This is what I'm talking about staying in your dating lane. I mean, there's other stuff with this, but the important stuff is just understanding on who you are and what you want. Now, you can open your eyes again. So with that being said, with the reality check, we all have this fairy tale that we grow up with on what we want for our lives, who I want to be. I want to be this. I want to be that. And who we see ourselves with our whole lives. But that fairy tale, think about it. You can really have that fairy tale, but do you really have that fairy tale ending? How many people get what they want in this fairy tale, but their ending pretty much sucks because they don't, they're, they're not happy in their relationship. They're not happy with the person with. They're not happy in their lives. Oh yeah, you have everything you want, but are you happy? And that's what I mean about the fairy tale ending. So create your fairy tale that matches up to what you actually want. That's a huge thing. The next one is the imposter syndrome. So we all have a moment in our lives of imposter syndrome in order to relate to others. But what you really need to do is to be your true authentic self in order to attract the right person. Guys have more of a tendency than women to lean more towards imposter syndrome because we try to emulate other guys. When we're young kids, we all want to be like Mike. We want to be like our sports stars. We learn how to emulate other guys. Well, look at that guy with all the money. Look at the guy with all the girls. Yeah, that's what I want. So we try to emulate that with no rhyme or reason. Women tend to lean more towards people pleasers. You know, where you ladies want to, and I'm, I'm saying this, sorry if I'm saying it wrong, but I, I mean it all in the greatest of heart that um, statistics say that women lean more towards people pleasers because for reasons of fear of rejection. 
you know, insecurities, or just quite frankly, they just want to be well liked. So they lean more towards that. Although, you know, we all flip flop in all categories. I'm not saying that either, but that happens. Um, now, I want you to focus on this. Try to figure out who you are and what you ultimately want out of life. You notice I've been saying that a lot, and this is very important with this stuff here. People who are in happy and satisfied relationships know who they are and what they want. And if you don't know this, it's hard to say if you're with the right person or not because you truly don't know yourselves to ask the right questions. And that's what it all boils down to. I feel like when a lot of people get together, they don't ask the right questions from each other because they're too afraid to ask certain questions, the hard questions or questions that you wanna know about me or what I wanna know about you. So when you're meeting someone, first time out, just start asking questions because that's gonna save you a lot of problems for eventually down the road that you're like, where'd that come from? Or if you really are a certain type of person and you want your partner to match up to that, you don't want to blindside anyone. So ask the right questions and listen, we'll know that I do this thing where I call it truth or honesty. It's one of my favorite games to play when I meet someone. Well, not anymore, I did that as well, but you know, so truth or honesty is where just start playing, hey, instead of truth or there, hey, let's play truth or honesty. Start simple, ask just a simple truth and then see what that person says. And then if that person that you're with can actually take what you're saying to them, Keep playing the game and see where it goes. You know, we all have questions. We all, we all want to know stuff. We're all afraid, also afraid for people knowing what's about us as well. But the best way to communicate, the best way to feel secure and safe with a person is to be truthful and honest, right? To communicate, yes? So ultimately, we want to be with someone who builds you up. You want to be with someone that you can communicate with and someone that you trust. But most importantly, you want to be with someone that makes you feel safe. If you um, find these qualities and traits in a person and you've, you've sussed it out, all the qualities and traits, you know, everything that you want to have in that situation, then you know you're truly staying in your dating lane. And that's that. Thank you. Um, so all my listeners know that I'm a huge advocate for women and that's why I want to introduce to you this sex positive dating app that prioritizes women's desires called Fleur. At Fleur, they want their users to openly share their desires and fantasies and find like-minded individuals to explore them with, whether it's for one night stands, friends with benefits, sexting, no strings attached to counters, or long-term relationships. I mean, this is strictly for women, guys, so there's no fit forbidden desires, only mandatory respect and consent. It's a safe mode for women, which prevents unwanted content such as explicit images when a woman is not ready to take things to the next level. They even have this fun game called Fleur Sparks Game, which is a card game and chat that help users learn more about each other's in a fun way. I mean, who wouldn't want to be in a room that gives off this cool, amazing party vibe that acts like a game where you set the rules, ladies? So try out the Floor app once again. If you're looking for that place where you just want to meet other like-minded women who are looking for the same thing, this is the place to be. Um, so we're gonna, um, I'm gonna have a guest come up right now. Um, this is Nicole Blaine. She owns the comedy, The Crow here. She's a comedian, she's hilarious. She's one of my really good friends. I love her to death. Thank you for allowing me to use this space for this, for my first show tonight. Um, I'm actually gonna, <laughs> 
did know that, did you? Right. So, look, I'm going to ask Nicole some questions for a few minutes, and then I want you guys to think about if you have any questions about staying in your dating lane, um, and then I'm going to take some audience questions as well, and that's what's going to happen the second half of the evening, of just taking questions and just really figuring out this all out together. You know, So you guys are the first round of doing this. So Nicole and I have actually done a few podcasts. When I was in my, my guest spot days, I asked, she was the first one that I asked, you know, I need someone who's funny, who knows her stuff, and has been in a long-time relationship. So, Nicole, you've been married for how long? 26 years. Wow. Wait, but that, that's nothing compared to the, let's d dive even deeper. How long have you known Mickey for? When did you guys first start dating? Well, okay, I met him when I was in eighth grade. He was very cute. He was, he was Kanicki in Greece, need I say more, right? He was a junior in high school, I was an eighth grader. And um, I lived in an apartment, and my best friend, who was my age, her older sister was dating this hot guy. And so I went to go see them in a play, which was Grease. And so that was how I saw him on stage. So then I was like, oh, I'm gonna go to that high school, and I'm definitely going to be in the plays. <laughs> nice, thank you. Yeah. All right, so we actually did an episode that was called Love Language. And um, we went through our love languages and stuff. And I'm not doing this, by the way, which you actually helped me with. Um, I didn't realize, you know, when you think about your love language, most importantly, you should feel you need to think about your partner's love language. It's something that no one ever thinks about. And you actually helped me with that. So, um, so what is your love language, if I may ask? I'm a receiver. <laughs> I think that, like, I just want someone who gives. So I, my love language is service, right? Um, no, so yes, I think that for me, we're both service-oriented. He likes to serve, and I like to receive. Is that, is that a real love language? That's a real love language. Okay. Yes, that's a perfect love language. Mine is like, I'm um, physical touch for me, so. Um. <laughs> no, not for you. We had a discussion about that, for sure, yeah. Um, all right, so in, in, this, in this space now that with being married for so long, how do you guys keep it fresh? Um, he keeps serving me. <laughs> he keeps doing his job. Um, you know, I think that it's one of those things where you're right. There's a compatibility in what makes him feel validated, and there's a compatibility which makes me feel validated. Um, and I think, I think both of us are service. So him doing things for me as a partner, that's it. Like I feel like we've crossed paths into partnership um, in business and in co-parenting and in like best friendship. I think that we keep it fresh by one of us take turns in needing the service, you know what I mean? And I think it happens organically. So like this year I opened up a new business and it was hook, line and sinker. This is gonna be the years <laughs> of Nicole. And previously it was very much the years of, his name is Mickey, the years of Mickey. And we sort of, and, and to be honest, I feel like we fight over whose year it is. <laughs> in the way that we both wanna be the giver. 
Do you know what I mean? It isn't like the taker. Okay, can I tell a story? Yes, please. Is that okay? Okay, so this is really interesting. So I, I've always said, like, everyone gets lucky in different ways. Some people get to be born beautiful. Some people get to have parents that are really nice or a good career or you get to be Mila Kunis. I don't know. One of, one of the things, right? And for me, I realized when I looked through my life, like, it wasn't... It wasn't the finances, it wasn't the family, it wasn't whatever, like I stumbled upon this Mickey. And he was the one who kind of, and listen, also like I feel like there's tragic, tragedy bonds, tragedy bonds, what is, what is it called? Trauma bonds, thank you. Also like I, I did that sort of, look at her, look at her, there it's coming. Is it plugged in? Do you want it? I'll let Chris take that one. Um, there was something about coming from a dysfunctional family that we both kind of were able to save each other from. And we were obviously in our teens and 20s and we kind of came together and he was like, I'll play the parent that you didn't have, you know? So like, I get how weird that sounds, but I came from a crack house. <laughs> My parents were crack addicts, not like they dabbled, like they were <laughs> hook, line, and sinker. And he decided, like a crazy person, to fall in love with me and move into the crack house. Yeah, and he worked three jobs while my brother was in high school and I was in college, and he buckled down and he was like, I'm, I'm gonna get you through this. And it was ridiculous, and I don't know, but like he also had to have a very fucked up mother. Are you PG-13? No. Am I okay to say it? Okay. I said fuck a few times already. Okay, good. No. You know, like I wasn't gonna, like I wanted to have the most amazing, beautiful, high-powered, functional man, but like I needed a broken one who could relate to me. You know, like he did not, I couldn't have dated someone who came from a beautiful, high-functioning family. It wouldn't have been compatible. So I was like, give me your hoarder bipolar mom, please. That's going to match with our scenario, right? So he needed a crack home. I happened to have one. He moved on in. And I feel like he was, he was in, he was into like just being best friends and we huddled together in this really scary place and so they're the, the tragic bond. What did we call it? Trauma bond. Tragic bond, whatever he was, the tragic comedy, I don't know. But it was, it was crazy. And through that, I feel like he, he saw me in a different way than no one else had and I felt in this crazy space the most safe and at home with him. And there was a grounding with it. And so the whatever connection happened of kind of getting through that together, when we got out on the other side, I was so devoted to going, what is your dream? Like, how do I make your dream come true? And his was, well, how do I make your dream come true? And that was, I, I feel like, that union that ultimately it was of service. And we started with that format, so that was our love language. And I knew that he was this incredible creative and writer, and I was like, I want to do whatever I can to get you there. And he was like, I want to do whatever I can to get you there. And eventually, um, the sacrifices that he made for me were so incredible. So a part of my storyline has always been, if I could give everyone a Mickey, 
it'd be a better world. Like you get a Mickey and you get a Mickey and you get a Mickey. And one day I was telling this love story to a friend of mine, very recently, a friend. And I said, I just wish, and she was like, oh, what's a good relationship? I don't know, how has it been so good for you for 26 years? And I was like, if only I could give you a Mickey. And for the first time, I've never heard this back to me. She said, I want a relationship like that, but I want to be someone's Mickey. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And that reversal of hearing that, and I went, wow, that is so powerful. Because I think sometimes we always think, I want someone to take care of me. What's interesting was her wanting to fill the Mickey space. And then I realized, oh, I wonder if that's one of the reasons we've worked, is that we've always fought to be each other's Mickey. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you're the most happiest then, basically when you're acts of service for each other, like she said, I wanna find someone, I wanna be a Mickey for someone. Yeah. You wanna be, like that compatibility for you guys is basically acts of service, which makes you whole. Yeah. In theory, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. So. Guys, what you're hearing right now basically is just like one of the things when you're out there looking for a partner or mate, I mean, most of us like who are in relationships right now and who are in the space of just probably beginning dating, figure out what each other's love services are and make sure that once again, I like I know what mine is, but sometimes I forget obviously what this one needs as well, but I do my best to actually, I think I'm acts of service in theory as well for the most part um, for myself. That's, that's what I give because I just love being there for someone and just being whatever they need. It's like, I want to make sure that I make their life easier. And that's one thing that I always try to do. So, so try to find someone that you feel that's once again, that similar interest of compatibility that I did not speak about is the love languages of that as well. That's a, that's a part of compatibility in this as well. So am I allowed to expand on how that's legitimately the same that. in yes. bed? Oh yeah. yes, please. Oh, She's got okay? a really good maid story. Have you gotten into sex yet? Well, we can. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I can go back to blinding lights. I mean, go whatever, ahead. Whatever you want. No. <laughs> um, but here's what's interesting, because I feel like one of the keys to being with someone for, you know, a quarter of a century yeah. plus, like, I don't feel like I'm having sex with the same person. I don't, I'm, I'm gonna be honest right now. Like I feel like I've had multiple lovers yeah. with this one person. Like not to brag. <laughs> um, but here's what's interesting. I was legitimately saying to him last night, I was like, so when did you get good at this? Cause I kind of feel like it's been in the last five years. Did you watch a YouTube video? Like you seem like you know what you're doing a lot more than you did before. Like what, ha like for real, send the video, we need to send it because whatever's happening. And he was like, it's you. And as much as I wanna push back on that, cause I'm like, I'm pretty sure like you're doing different things with your mouth. But um, the truth is, is that I, he was like, you've relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, relax yeah. on a deep, fucking level. And in order to relax with someone, like for me, I don't know if I can do it in a dating atmosphere. I don't know. You'll have to tell me if people can do that as quickly. But like, I am someone who comes from sexual abuse, mm -hmm. 
sexual trauma. And so getting to a point later in my life where I could completely relax during a romantic and let him be of service and not worry about his needs yeah. or liking it or whatever, like there's something about so for me, I feel like I've had multiple lovers throughout all these years because we've transitioned into a comfortable space, meaning I've been okay. That's great. I've healed in some other ways. I don't well, know. You're once again, it's the safety. You're like it's you safety. have someone. Yeah, your husband's amazing. It's it's safety. So and plus, kids are getting older. Kids as are well. getting older. Yeah, you know, you're in, you're you're in your space. You're in your space here. Yeah. I think you're in a happier space as well. That's true too. So there's yeah. all these combinations that actually make that feeling happen. Oh my God, you're mm -hmm. right. I have. You know what? Oh my God, I have had since opening my dream business. I have sex so much more. And it's less stressful. I mean, it's stressful. But no, it's, it's the most yeah, stress I've ever right. had. But it's yours. But I am fucking happy. <laughs> Literally fucking it's, it's hers. happy. Yeah. You're yeah. right. Yeah. The rest of your life and what you're doing completely impacts my romance. You should you should teach this. <laughs> oh my god, here we are. Oh, this, this is my space. We're in her space, Kim. Yeah. 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 No. Yes, you do. Yeah. You no, no I, I here's the deal. I run a comedy club. Okay. Like my life is how do I make the world funny and a better like for 90 minutes you guys better be having a good time. Yeah. That's it. It's mental health. You're achieving that. So I'm achieving it. Yeah. Like I feel like I'm doing okay. So yes, yeah. it makes it makes me horny. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Oh my God, you're the best. All right, so I'm gonna, we're gonna say goodbye to Nicole. I love this one. I know you have something. Goodbye. Thank you so much. Honey. Thank you. Cash. I really appreciate you so much. Um, all right, guys, we're gonna start taking questions. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you. We're gonna start taking some questions. Holly, I don't know if you want, oh. Sorry, jars all Got it. Does anyone have any questions on the top of stating, saying your daily right now before we get into other questions right now? Does anyone have a question on anything? Where are all the Mickeys? I, She's bottled them up upstairs. Manny? Yeah, you had said something about um, truth and honesty, but I never heard that before. Like, how, what's an example of how that would work? So does any does everyone mean when I say truth or honesty, plain truth or honesty? Okay, so all right, so there's a game, you know, obviously there's a game truth or dare. Um, truth or dare, you know, you have to take a truth, you have to answer honestly, no matter whatever they ask, you have to answer, right? So when you play this game, what I when I when I like to play it is the fact that it opens up the person that you're with right away. So let's say you're on first date, right? Just kind of keep it small, you know, and as you get more and more dates, then you can start asking more elaborate stuff, but it makes each person feel comfortable. Like for instance, like my best friend Glisten, like if I say, hey Glisten, what's your favorite color? You know, she wants it back and then, but I go, truth or honesty. Even if it's like you're driving around, I'll say, oh, I got truth or honesty. Like, have you ever, you know, have you, and then I go, yeah, I have. And you're just like, okay. And then ultimately, most people, guys, in particular, for some reason, want to know how many girls, you know, guys, girls have been with. That's, that's, that, that's the ultimate thing. Right, so if you're gonna ask, and what I always say, this is one thing about the questions thing. If you're gonna ask a question, be ready for the answer. If you, if, and that's one of the things. And also, if you ask a question that, so, that you really wanna know, what's the worst that can happen? The person's either gonna say yes or no. You know, but that's something that you learn from this person. So going back to that, if you ask a question, you better be ready for the answer. And so for the most part, as you get better with this, that person that's opening up to you starts to feel more trusting of you, knows that you're in that person's corner, 
and all of a sudden the safety bond starts to happen. And now what that does, it opens up your lines of communication so much faster. Like it's, it's almost like you get, my girlfriend Jamie right here. By the way, Jamie Taylor's my girlfriend right here. Please stand up. Um, it's, it's, one of those, it's one of those things when if you do this, even though like, you have to admit, like some people just aren't ready for all the questions. So, you know, we'll table that, you know, we'll come back to that. But for the most part, I just want that person to know, if I'm asking you a question, I'm genuinely interested in what you've done, what your past is like, and it's not gonna affect me because one of the things I always say, and answer this as well, your past is your past. I just met you now. I don't care what you've done in your past. I'm with you now and I like you. So your past is only your history. That's only gonna make you better for me down the road. And that's something that I really appreciate in all the girls that I date and all the girls I talk to. It's something that people are so afraid just to ask simple things. You know, and I want everyone just to be like, hey, truth or honesty, you know? Well, there is no difference, Alona. That's, that's the fun of it. That's, that's the thing, it's like, it's like, there is no difference. It's just, you know, I took out the dare, so like you have to answer the question. You know, you can't take the dare. You know, you can say truth or honesty, it's the same shit. You know what I mean? So that, that's what the fun of this game is. So go ahead, please. If someone can't handle the truth, that's a red flag. No, it's just sometimes if they say, you know what, I'm, yes. Oh, sorry, I was gonna say if they said they can't answer it at the time, but yes, if someone, yes, 100%. Because if you all of a sudden, it's one of the things in this game as well, if you're with that partner and you go, and you tell them the truth that they ask, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, it's less like, you know what, you're done. It's like, because if you, once again, they ask something for their own sake and their own ego, that's why. And that's the shit that pisses me off. I'm sorry, it's cuss word again. That's the stuff that really makes me mad. It's like, if you're gonna go there, you better play the game, you better be ready for the answer because no one wants to answer something all of a sudden they go, wow, you got me disappointed and all of a sudden, yes, yes, I did, I did that. And you're just like, what the fuck? You know, it's like, that's, and, or your eye, you can read it in the eye roll, you can, but like, if you really do it and you ask, you're like, man, that's great, you know, that, that's when you know, wow, that just makes you feel so much more at ease. It's gonna open up your sex life, it's gonna open up the way that you approach your communication in general. And that's something that you're never gonna be afraid of. You're not gonna walk around and ask, go, hey, um, you know what, like, I kind of always wanted to, you know, jump off a tall building, what you gonna say? You know, that's something freeform, right? But, but it's gonna open up to that person going, well, I wanna do that too, you know? So just ask the question, so that's the answer to that. Does that help? Okay, and it's, it's really easy, but like I said, sometimes people are like, you know, I'm not ready to answer that yet. Oh, sure, no problem, you know, let's, maybe we can revisit it one day. But also you gotta be careful on the question you ask. That's true, and that's why you wanna start off small. You just don't wanna go full in and just be like, oh, that was the wrong thing to say. Wrong thing to say. Does anyone else have any questions right now? All right, go ahead. Okay, all right, so, all right, the first question we're gonna answer, how do I, as a woman, show interest to a man without being aggressive? How do I, as a woman, show interest to a man without being too aggressive? So, I have to say, there's now, with, now in the what, 21st century, there's a lot of strong and powerful women out here in this world. And most guys who say that they can handle a woman like this, I, thank you. I mean, I can, you know, I do all day. Yeah, but that's my favorite thing. I look for strong, independent women. But for the fact of the matter, is, most guys say that, oh yeah, you know, I want a strong, independent woman who's, who's doing her own thing, she's fine on her own. Most guys aren't really ready for that because they don't know what that actually entails and what that comes with. You know, it's being there for your partner, being able to support your partner. Once again, you want your partner to win. So to answer this question is that, um, to show interest in a man without being too aggressive, let's define being aggressive. I mean, are you like tapping to the ground and like wrestling them? That's one thing, but that's okay too. But to really answer this question is that if you're being yourself and it's the right person, 
they're either going to come back and just kind of like battle. It should be like a yin and yang. They should be battling with you, like bobbing and weaving with you. That's the fun of this. If you're in it, be in it. You know, you're playing like, it's, what is it in the uh, swimming pool and you're playing a chicken? Stay in it, man. You know, it's, that's the thing. But if it, if it gets too heavy, it's not the person for you. Don't, don't try to pursue anymore. Just, and, and by the way, it doesn't take that much to figure out if someone is just like not going to be standing up to what you need for you. You know, because if you're a strong, aggressive woman, be that strong, aggressive woman. Now, with that being said, I, I'm going to be the devil's advocate. You still need to find your feminine side, women. You know, stop that alpha bullshit. Because that's like, that's another thing that a lot of women need to really reel in and bring back. Because it's taken away from you meeting a really good guy because you're leading with your alpha, not your feminine. So really think about that too. You can keep your aggressiveness, but just tone it down a little. What are you doing? No, honey, that's, it's, that's very true. No, I'm saying like, you know, I'm saying leading with your alpha where you're, like, where you're trying to control every situation. You don't wanna be No one, no, well, with that as well. No one wants to feel like you're being like, okay, you know what, like where's the, where's the balance? That's, the, that's what I'm getting at. You have to find a balance. You know, like, once again, I love strong, powerful women. I want someone to feel like they're in their alpha, but at the same time, I, at the same time, I push and shove to where I can bring the feminine out, out of you. That that's, that's, should be the yin and yang of that. So I hope that answers that question. What do you do if you're in a relationship, but you realize you are not in your dating lane? All right, so this is where we're getting at with um, a lot of like, Maybe not so much the wandering dating type, but it just takes a minute to figure it out because it means that you're still unsure of who you are inside and what you ultimately want. Um, once again, what do you do if you're in a relationship but you realize you're not in your dating lane? So it's, it's something that you have to change lanes once again to figure this out. It's not, it's not a science, but I feel like deep down a lot of people really know your true authentic self. Um, this is something else that I always talk about as well. It's like know your worth. You know, know your worth is like being your true authentic self and figuring out who you are first. And when, if you know who you are, it's a no-brainer and figure out what lane you should be in. And by the way, once again, I said you can always continuously change lanes, but at least you're in the driver's seat. Another kind of little fun little tip right there. And the driver's seat, but at least keep, keep, keep yourself on who you are, but that's not the right person for you. So um, like I said, the toughest thing to do is just, once again, this whole point of this whole thing, when I mentioned staying in your dating lane, it's not so much about, you know, the 10 date and the two or, you know, this person doesn't match with that person. It's finding out who you are. That's the best compatible person for you. That's learning how to stay in your dating lane. And it's not something that we can do overnight, but it's also something that I know each and every one of you, you know who you are deep down inside. You just got to just stay with that person, go with that person and just believe it. You know, don't try to be something you're not. Holly? We let's through them all. So I really seem to meet people I'm interested in. I'm over the apps, been single for four years. What to do? Been single for four years. So um, is this, as in single, I'm taking that this person has, it's probably still dating, but just hasn't find the right person. So um, once again, this is something that you're going to have to really kind of figure out what you want. Um, I know there's a lot of people out there that probably don't match up the dating apps. I'm not a huge fan of dating apps. Sorry. That's why matchmaking companies, you know, like Loveworthy over here and things like that are, I personally, when I started doing my dating show, for me, I, I, I'm a huge advocate for the matchmakers because I feel like dating apps, you, you, it just becomes this, this cycle and you can't really figure something out unless, and I remember there's always caveats to all this, there's always exceptions to the rules, unless you really, first of all, you see someone you like, 
go out them right away, meet for coffee, do whatever you're gonna do, suss them out quicker, then get rid of them if it doesn't work out or her, right? Don't just play the games. And here's another thing about dating apps as well. If you're on, I'm gonna go on my dating app high horse right now. If you're on a dating app and you're talking to someone and, they, and you respond to them and it takes longer than three minutes for a response back, that person's talking to someone else at the same time. Get rid of that person because they're trying to figure out so many different avenues at one time. I mean, at least if you're gonna to talk to some person, make that person feel special at least, but don't like three minutes here, four minutes there, 10 minute response time, you know, that's just not right. So you can kind of start reading between the lines on the dating apps as well. So I personally feel like back to the belief of the old days, go out socially, meet people at events like this, you know, um, if you're an introvert, you know, just do the best you can. <laughs> Sorry, introverts. You know, just do the best you can. Sorry. You know, I love you, introverts. So, but just do the best you can. But like I said, I feel like, you know, now that COVID's kind of settled down, you should be out a little bit more and just meeting people in general versus just using the apps and relying on the apps because that can become a bit of a head spin in itself. So, yes. I just think for, for there's different types of personalities and apps are a numbers game, right? And so you either have the personality go through the numbers and deal with bullshit right. yeah. But whether you're an extrovert or you're an introvert, I think if you're really serious about finding someone, if you do something like a matchmaker or a dating coach or someone who's both working on yourself in terms of what you're trying to figure out what you want and also going through a selected group of people to really try and figure out what is your true response. Everybody knows when you go on an app, you're gonna answer questions like you think other people want you to. That's true. That's correct. I, I mean, it's been a long time since I've dated on an app, but I did it. And I know what I wrote. They were stupid responses. So I think people do far better whenever there's an individual involved. You can try and really figure out what is, even if you don't know what you want, right. maybe that tertiary person in the middle is like, okay, I think I hear what you're trying to tell yeah. me, who has the science and the experience you know, to be able to say, no, here's what you're saying, but here's what I really think you need. And then talk it out with you and then try and match that person with you. Kimmy Seltzer, do you agree with that answer? Okay, this is dating coach Kimmy Seltzer sitting over there, guys, so she agrees with that. Good answer, honey. Yes? I kind of have a question, but it, it might be a do you agree with, like, and this might be more for, like, maybe women in their 30s and 40s. I feel like we're at a different time now, like, women are choosing not to have kids of their own volition. Like there, there's not so much societal pressure on like we have to team up with someone, making more money, more independence, like finding ourselves, using time to find ourselves. And I'm just wondering if that's kind of changing the dating landscape because we're putting up with less bullshit. So we're like, men are having to level up and like, right. is there the time for them to level up? You know, like what's happening out there? Men will never level up. <laughs> because the more older you get doing that, the older they're going to get not leveling up. So no, on all seriousness though, I feel like um, that, that's I feel like that's a bonus for you as a dating person right now because of the fact that it makes I'm only saying from a guy's standpoint. I'm not going to speak for everyone, but um, but for myself, I feel like it's um, takes a lot of pressure off of, of, of the guys. And it's gonna give them a lot more time to get to know you without thinking, oh my gosh, she's 30, she's on a clock, she needs a babe, she needs this, and all that pressure, now I'm gonna run. I'm out, I can't deal with that. I just wanna do me, you know? So it's like, so I feel like it's, it's leveraging the playing field a little bit more and really making men step up because there are no more excuses. You know, you're not, you're not on a time schedule like you said, so um, just 
bear for another 10 years before that actually comes to fruition. But, you know, no, but seriously, though, I, I think you're in a good space right now. I just think that guys need to kind of step up because I feel like a lot of guys kind of run away from the 30-something, and this is why. But once again, that shift in age balance as well, Kim, you might actually attest to this, that as we get older, we want younger for some reason. You know, I think it's just, it's just for some reason, they feel like guys want to feel like they're in their space. We've had that. Now we just want to just not be bothered and just, you know, go younger. But there's a lot of amazing women that I know that are age appropriate and just are fucking fantastic. And I think any guy would be lucky to have any of you women here in this place right now that I know. Because I, like I said, every strong woman that I know in here, they're all amazing. So, and most guys just can't handle that because they're all successful, strong, and they know what they want. You know, that's, that's, just, the, that's just the crux of it, unfortunately. So, um, but I, I think you're in a good space right now. Okay, maybe one more. Okay. How many dates should you wait to have sex? Where's the blinding lights again? <laughs> Did you hear my spew? Everybody take a long pause. No, I, 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 I'm... I'm not going to say yes or no. I think that's uh, individual preference on that one. You know, that's something that each and every one you have to decide on your own time. So um, I feel like sometimes if, it's the, if it feels right, then go for it. But if it doesn't, then that's why maybe we wait. But I don't think there should be a timeline. I, I, one of the things that I hate, and I call it the game situation. I, just, I do not like playing games like, oh, I'm not going to call her for three days because we went on a date. Let's see what happens now. She'll want me more. She's going to leave you. Okay, but, and, but just do what you feel. Feel what you do. You know, that's the best thing to do. You know, so if you feel like it's time that person's right, then yes. If not, then don't. But don't, don't put a time limit on it, though. So, and by the way, no one's going to judge you. That's right. They should never judge you. One of the things I say if someone goes, you know, I'm just on this escapade. I just want to have fun. I'm like, hey, I'm happy. Have a great time. You know, I'm not going to judge you. It's like everybody needs that time to figure out who they are and what they want. So there's nothing wrong with that. What topics should you avoid on a first date? I don't know, Manny, what do you talk about? Uh -huh. Truth or honesty? Okay. No. Um, politics, religion, anything that's going to screw you out of that first date, do not talk about it. Don't talk about yourself too much. That's one of the things I always say. If someone wants to know about you, they'll ask. Give up a little bit about yourself. But most importantly, guys, this is for you, mate, most importantly. One thing that I want to share a lot of guys is the fact that be a good listener. Just listen. The girls will tell you everything. You can just sit there and just sit in their chairs and go, wow, ask the good questions. If you listen and ask good questions, that's already a win, a huge win for you. Yes? Follow up question to that. I, that's been my experience so frequently, and I've heard so many women talk about that. Why do guys just completely talk about their self? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's annoying. I mean, it's like, like no one wants to hear about you. You know what I mean? It's like I want to – I'm on a date. Remember, this is one of the things that you have to remember. You're on a date. It's a two-way street. It's like you should be asking questions, getting to know the person, having fun, right? Just But one of the things that I don't like is when people talk about themselves too much without me asking, you know? It's like it's just like I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm over it. I mean, not anymore. I'm, I'm in a good relationship. But back in the day, it's like, you know, but, but seriously, though, like, you know, like a lot of guys or women, they talk about themselves, but just try to, if that happens, steer it around, maybe just kind of just say, so I hear that you're doing this. And just kind of like doing a smile like you wait and see how they answer that response to you. If they kind of get offense to it, then that's not the right person for you. If they laugh and go, holy crap, I'm so sorry. I've been talking to myself so much. Da, da, da. You know, I know sometimes it's nerves. I know it's sometimes that they're trying to give you your full resume which is another thing that's happened. Just be there for the person. Now, you'd be surprised on how that first date goes after that. So does anyone have any more questions? 
Well, I just want to say thank you so much, first of all. Um, Sorry, I got to do this for you guys. Sorry about the lights. Let's see, hold on. Um, Let's see. Um, If you need anything, QR code, you can find me here. So guys, um, I know there's always some call to action, but there's not much of a call to action, but I'm actually doing my first um, Stay in Your Dating Lane workshop properly. So if anyone's interested, just please QR code and just like say, um, I'll give you, um, it's $75 for a three week, 60 minute course. Um, but I'm only going to take in like eight to 10 people on this. So I really want to delve into each person's, you know, stay in your day lane and really help them out as much as I can. Um, right now it's 75. I'll give it to you for $55. If you just go to the QR site and just put, Hey, workshop on there. And then eventually I'll let you know when that's going to happen. Um, but for the most part, thank you guys so much for being here for us. Uh, thank you. Thank you.